Houston. Today we are making history. It's embarrassing to us as a nation all over the world. They're talking about Chicago. I campaigned on change. You voted for change. And I plan to deliver change to our government. You're listening to Chronicle Headlines. One of the reasons I'm perpetually excited about Columbia is that we have chosen to be different. Welcome in. I'm Blaze Mesa. Uber drivers are deadheading more and making less money as a result. We dive deeper into what deadheading is later in the show. But first, vlogs are getting students to enroll at Columbia. How does the student perspective factor in when selecting a college? Selecting a college is no easy task. It involves tours, talking to guidance counselors, and a lot of other things. Good morning! There are so many factors to consider, prospective students may still be undecided. But this is where vlogs come in. Welcome to Education Broadway. If you don't know me, my name is Claire. Some students are using vlogs like this one to help make major decisions. Sophomore musical theater major Claire McConnell uses her blog, Education Broadway, to show students what a day in the life of a theater student is all about. It gives an authentic student perspective. That was Associate Vice President for Strategic Communications and External Relations Lambrini Lucatus. While not officially associated with Columbia, these vlogs are part of a growing trend of colleges utilizing social media to boost awareness. Other examples of this can be seen at the University of Florida Gainesville, where school mascots are making appearances on TikTok. Columbia currently has no TikTok, but it has plenty of students with vlogs. And these vlogs aren't just about a student's day-to-day life. You came from Caillou's mom. This is from the Jerry Crew comedy vlog. It's run by junior marketing major Cassidy Graff and junior comedy major Kate Roberts. On this vlog episode, they are trying to convince you that Caillou's mom... You know, this Caillou. Caillou. They are trying to convince you that Caillou's mom is God. The vlog prides itself on variety, and the channel's description said videos can be about comedic skits, shopping hauls, music videos, and other stories. But whether it's a comedy vlog or episodes that provide an inside glimpse to a student's life, McConnell said the exposure is important. I have Diana Daniels in studio with me now, so Diana, Vlogs and other social media platforms are being used to increase awareness for schools, but is that like actually working? Are these vlogs pushing out Columbia, you know, Florida Gainesville? Is it actually reaching more people? Um, yeah, because um, when you think about it, uh, what was one way you looked into the schools that you applied to, Blaze? Did you decide, hey, I know someone here, let me try it? Or did you look for like videos of what the school actually looks like? Well, I did ask people who knew of Columbia, so I guess in a way it was through people knowing about the college that actually sent me to Columbia. So is that kind of the same thinking with these vlogs? Yeah, these vlogs are definitely like an extension of having a friend that goes to Columbia. Because when you think about it, people can do dorm tours, they can talk about what life on campus is like, or they can vlog what a day looks like. Then what's the relationship between my college and these vlogs? Like, is the college editing or producing any of the content, planning it, or are they just happy that it's around and they'll help push it out a bit? Um, Columbia is very happy that it's around, but Columbia also has their own separate, like, YouTube channel and things like that. Um, while they don't force these students to do it, it's kind of the student's own volition to do it. Okay. Um, but Columbia does have their own, like, academic vlogs that they use. Okay, so Columbia is not... Whatever you see on the vlogs that are from Columbia students, they're, they're doing all of it. You know, Columbia, there's no administrator off to the side whispering in anyone's ear, say this or that. It's 
it's up to them to say whatever. So that's, um, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. And then I am a little curious because sometimes in elevators you'll see like, hey, here's a vlog from a student. Are these the same vlogs we're talking about? <laughs> Definitely not. Um, these are vlogs that can be about, um, one girl I interviewed, hers was about what life looks like for a musical theater major. Mm -hmm. And so it may take you through a day of her in her classes and show you what it's like to get a BFA in theater. Or another group of people that I talked to, they do like story times about things that have happened to them on and off campus. So okay. while these vlogs at Columbia may show you life on campus, these students take it a step further and show you what it's like when you get back to the dorms or when you're at home again. Well, why don't why don't people just search Columbia College Chicago on YouTube? I, you just mentioned they do have something in the works that you could view. So why don't people just go to the YouTube page that Columbia has? Because it may not feel as authentic as an actual student who's sitting in front of the camera and telling you, well, here's how a regular day looks for me, or here's what classes I didn't like. That's one thing that like you won't learn from the school itself and because that, that, they want you yeah. to know the best. And that person-to-person -person interaction... Is, is what's bringing people in. Um, but I'm a little curious. How did you find the two vlogs, or I guess it was technically three vlogs mentioned in your story because one student did two, but we had Education Broadway, we had Jerry Crew Comedy. How were you able to stumble across those vlogs? Yeah, that's a funny story. Um, so in order to find Jerry Crew, which was the first YouTube channel I actually looked at, um, I found them because I was writing a story on Pretty Much It, which is a YouTube duo from New York. Um, and so all this happened last semester when I was about to cover pretty much it. I said, let me find uh, a Columbia comedy sketch group that kind of does something similar. And then I stumbled upon the Jerry crew and then I didn't need them for the story at the time. So I just kind of put them in my back pocket until mm -hmm. I decided, what do YouTubers look like around Columbia? And then you were able to find more. Yeah, okay. And then yeah. you were able to get um, the Education Broadway blog, which is like a day to day. Yeah, I actually got that through um, one of the editors at the Chronicle. Oh. Because um, she just happened to know Claire McConnell. Okay, a lot of connections there. But I am—I've seen both the vlogs, and they're not necessarily making marketing-type content. Like they're not sitting there saying, "Come to Columbia, it's so great here." They're just kind of going about their life. So, is it actually bringing people to Columbia? Because I know we said, "Oh, okay, yeah, theoretically, it should increase awareness, and you could link it to people coming." But has anyone said, "I'm going to enroll at Columbia because I've seen this vlog"? Um, actually, yes. In the case of the Broadway vlogs, which Claire um, is in charge of with one of her friends, um, she, like I said, does vlogs with um, maybe at Columbia, sometimes at other schools like Tisch. Um, and it's just taking students through an everyday life of what it's like to maybe be a tech major, uh, musical theater, anything like that. And she actually said she gets some comments from subscribers that's like, hey, I'm going to Columbia in the fall. Uh, is there any advice you can give me? Oh, so people are... Find they are connecting with the Columbia community through this. So then, is Columbia going to try and roll out different vlogs? I guess because we mentioned their YouTube, but are they going to try and interact with this audience anywhere in the future? Um, well, according to Columbia, um, they have said that they are looking right now at maybe marketing towards the 12, 12 to 17 age range mm -hmm. because they're already looking at 18 and up. And they have a very healthy following, especially on social media on Facebook and other mm -hmm. traditional platforms. So maybe they will look to things like TikTok in the future. So Columbia may be getting a TikTok. Yeah, not the same level as um, University of Florida and Gainesville, but maybe. Oh, okay, so they're looking into it early stages of a Columbia TikTok. Is there anything else you think we need to know? 
Um, there are plenty of YouTubers on campus. Uh, some people you never expect. Uh, all this content is very different, and even if you are a student here, you still may want to see what the other half lives like, because maybe you're a commuter and maybe you want to see what the dorms look like, or maybe you live in the dorms and you want to see what, like, commuting looks like. So there's something for everyone. <laughs> for additional reporting on this story, you can go to ColumbiaChronicle.com. Diana, thanks for coming in. No problem. This week's paper has hit the stands. Also included is our housing guide. You can go to that guide and find some good deals on housing in Chicago. But in campus news, Rosita Sands was selected to be the Dean of the School of Fine and Performing Arts. Sands served as the interim dean for that school since 2018. Sands' vision for the school includes interdisciplinary action from training students and bringing in new ones. It just makes sense because the professions that we're training the students for are interdisciplinary. So we need to give them that experience while they are here. In arts and culture news, Latin trap music is growing in the U.S. It's not going anywhere for at least the next 10 years. It's not going anywhere. It's only going to keep rising and rising and rising. That was former audio design and production major at Columbia, Israel Unzueta. But you may know him by a different name. Unzueta is known as reality when on stage, but it's spelled with an X through the I. According to a 2018 report by Buzz Angle Music, Latin Trap was the fifth most streamed music genre in the country. And in Metro News, Chicago City Council has declared a climate emergency. Hearing no objections, Thank so, you so much. But the declaration was not enough to appease protesters. Protesters warned of the dangers of the climate crisis and urged everyone to switch to a plant-based food diet. Protesters were escorted out of city council. Chicago joins more than 1,300 jurisdictions, countries, and cities who have taken climate action. For additional reporting on protesting at city council and all of these stories, go to ColumbiaChronicle.com. But before you go, we have one final story, and it takes place in the streets of Chicago. Rideshare drivers' finances are idling in the winter months due to deadheading. Rideshare drivers from Lyft to Uber are reporting less money and less rides. This has been increasingly concerning to drivers who rely on rideshare services for their source of income. I have staff reporter Meyer Lee in studio. So Meyer, you wrote about deadheading and Uber drivers. Should we be concerned at all? Like, what is deadheading? No concern there. Deadheading. I, I was very intrigued when I found out about what this concept is. I really love the, the sound of this word, but deadheading is essentially an, a, a rideshare driver riding around in their car for hours on end uh, no. looking, well, with no passengers, essentially. Okay, so there's an empty car yep. going around. Did you ever figure out why it's called deadheading? That's such a very concerning word for a way of saying that they're not making any money is essentially what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So is deadheading on the rise at all? It is, it is, and it's for two reasons. The, the first reason being because of during holiday seasons, mm -hmm. primarily, people are not going out as much. And I think it's it has something to do with, hey, the holiday season just passed. I spent all of this money and I don't really need to be splurging on these luxuries such as 
ride okay, shares. So it's trying to maybe save a little money yeah. after the holiday season. Yeah. Although with the cold weather, I would think more people are trying to take ride shares. But this is increasing, and this is just like a random or yeah, deadheading is increasing. But this isn't just a random deadhead increase this time. It's kind of been a steady increase for a couple of years. Is that right? That's right. That's right. And the other factor that contributes to that is the oversaturation of the market. I mean, that's a huge thing. When I when I say that, I'm talking about there's so many Lyft and Uber drivers in comparison to riders. And so that makes a difference for a person that's doing ride share. You know, they're competing against so many different cars that are out there on the road. So it's perfect for the customer, but it's not ideal for a person that's doing it. You were able to catch up with an Uber driver. Were they experiencing deadheading? Oh, yes, for sure. And then, so tell me a little bit more about their experience. Has it been increasing more? Are they still trying to drive now if that's becoming so prevalent? Well, actually, she she had to leave rideshare because deadheading was becoming so prevalent that she had to find another job in order to supplement her income. For about six months, she had Uber, no, rather, yeah, Uber as her primary source of income. But that changed once deadheading started to spike and she really got the, the, the bulk of it because she lived through January and February mm-hmm. and really experienced it. And it hurt her. And, you know, she was self-reliant. You know, she had to pay her own rent and pay her own bills. So she really felt the, the impact of it. So when, yeah, when we say six months she was driving for, and was that um, starting sometime in July? Things are going good. Everyone's outside. And then the winter months come. And then around that six-month period in January, she's like, I can't. I can't do this anymore. It's costing too much. Is that about the timeline? Uh, the timeline uh, actually is December. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, December's still a good time, right? So it's still the holiday season. People are out. You know, when I, it makes me think about Wrigleyville. There are so many things that are going on in Wrigleyville. Like people are doing uh, uh, tea box, you know, the 12 bars of Christmas, mm-hmm. yeah. that kind of thing. So these types of events are still going on in preparation for the holidays, New Year's Eve. So she was feeling great. She's like, hey, you know, making all this money. And then January, February come along and then things change. Yeah, you were able to get in contact with someone from Uber or Lyft. You got a statement from them. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sergio Avedian, a guy from a blog post called the rideshare guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did they recommend the people from the rideshare guys podcast? Did they mention deadheading at all? Do they recommend how to avoid it? Or if you just kind of stop driving? Well, yes, he definitely mentioned deadheading and, you know, he talked about the primary reasons for it. There's, it's almost as if it's inevitable. If you are, mm-hmm an Uber or a Lyft driver or doing any type of ride share, you know, there's no way to really compete against it. And the way that the companies are built today, there's there's not much the driver can do unless mm-hmm. they start to get some rights. And that's a huge conversation that's coming down the line mm-hmm. as far as making these M types of employees from independent employees or, or contractors yeah. into 
you know, more full time employees, yeah, kind employees, of redefining how right? they are employed. Right. I am a little curious if any of your sources mentioned the new rideshare tax in Chicago that came in January. It's taxing Ubers and Lyfts and all that a little bit more, and depending where you are and what time of the day, you could get taxed more. Did that come up in your reporting at all? It did. It was a topic. I did do some interviews with people that do ride shares often and just talking to some people that did discourage them. But, yeah, it it does play a role, not as significant as the oversaturation of the market Mm -hmm. or, you know, the holiday season. But it does have somewhat of an impact. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like no matter what you do, you have to plan for deadheading. You do. But. Is it getting worse? Is it getting better? Like, looking forward, if you're trying to drive for Uber, is it like, well, it is what it is and you just got to deal with it? Or is it getting worse towards driving more people out and the future is not looking much better? So how is this going to progress for the next couple of years? It is getting worse. And if the rideshare companies keep the same model that they have, and when I say that, it's, hey, let's make sure that the customers are getting as many rides or no, uh, their rides are coming as quick as possible, mm-hmm. and that's their goal. You know, that's their business model. So they, you know, the the customer's gonna wait the least amount of time for a ride. That's the most ideal. Mm-hmm. They have to oversaturate the market, and so that's gonna lead to more deadheading in general, right? Because there's so many cars out there, and if you you're riding and you're doing the, the ride share, you're going to be competing against so many different cars. So it is inevitable. But there, in, in in order to be preventative, it's, you know, you have people that are blogging about it, talk, uh, talking about peak times to ride. Uh, uh, different cities are going to be better mm-hmm. for people that want to do this full time. So there are some conversations around it that can be helpful. Just just a lot of random factors to look into. Mm -hmm. For additional reporting on this story, you can go to ColumbiaChronicle.com. Meyer, thanks for coming in. Thank you. That's all for this week. For more stories, go to ColumbiaChronicle.com or you can follow us on our social medias. We are at CEC Chronicle on Twitter and Instagram and the Columbia Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible by the collaboration of WCRX, Chicago's Underground, and the Columbia Chronicle, along with the chair of the Communication Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride. A special thanks to staff reporters Diana Daniels and Meyer Lee. I'm Blaze Messa. It's been an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege. I'll speak with you all next week.